all of which spell tyranny. You can add all the alphabet soup organizations uh, run by Mystery Babylon, the House of Rothschild, Deep State, that uh, we are unfortunately under the thumb of, and and they have their boots on our necks as well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Eurofolk Radio Bloodlines. My co-host, as usual, is Michael of Sweden. How are you doing? I'm doing very good here. In uh, yeah, it's pretty sunny. Still, it's uh, like um, uh, summer. We call it uh, Brit Sommar, maybe in Swedish. That is the late. What do we say? Late late summer. Still, the sor- the sun is is warming your skin still. So that's, <laughs> I enjoy it a lot. Right, and not blinding your eyes <laughs> in oh. in a perpetual winter of snow. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. We we call it Indian summer here where uh, we have a late warm up in the fall just before winter comes right so yeah okay. uh, yeah, yeah so you, yeah so i see there's people uh in the, in the chat room hello bavaria man uh, nimble horse belong to ya mr kim uh, uh welcome to the broadcast and today we're going to continue our series on the Scan- uh, israelite origins of the scandinavian people okay but first, I have a, a quick uh, a subject that I want to talk about in terms of the woman known as Helen of Wales. And uh, I just want to point out that, as we have mentioned many times on Eurofolk Radio, the Brits are originally descendants of Zarajuda, because Zarajuda left the Israelite uh, captivity in Egypt because he had a he, he was cross with his brother uh, Pharez <laughs> because uh, Zara claimed that he should deserve the uh, lineage of David King David and uh, you know the uh, the he, he claimed to be the eldest son of Judah put it that way and because he stuck his hand out of the womb first and the midwife tied a red string around his wrist but then he pulled his hand back in and Ferris came out first so uh, Zara wasn't willing to accept that Ferris is the elder brother okay so uh, Fer- uh, Zara took a bunch of people including uh, the Danites but the Danites in my opinion were already in Ireland before the Zara Judahites arrived nevertheless uh, Helen of Wales was a descendant of Zara Judah, and the Romans were descendants of Zara Judah as well. So these people are all Israelites, and this is why Paul, in uh, the book of Romans, identifies these Romans as the broken off branch. They were broken off the tree of Israel and uh, moved north across the Mediterranean Sea, settled in places such as Troy, Rome, and Spain, and uh, obviously Britain and Ireland. So this is why we have the Red Hand of Ulster in Ireland, because that is the symbol of Zarajuda. Okay? So the mainstream Roman, you know, most of the mainstream world is infected with Roman Catholicism, and they take the Roman Catholic interpretation of the origins of Helen, which are incorrect. She was not born in the Middle East. She was born in Britain. And I have her, this is from MyHeritage.com, names, and it tells us this, Flavia Lulia Helena 
Entrepius of the Cross, St. Helena, mother of Constantine the Great, Constantius, uh, sorry, mother of Constantine the Great, and her husband was Constantius I Chlorus, circa 260 to 328. So both of these people were descended from Zarajudah. And this is why there was such a great amount of intermarriage between the Roman emperors and British royalty. Okay, so it continues. Flavia Lulia Helena, quote, Entrepius of the Cross, St. Helena, mother of Constantine the Great, uh, there should be a period there, Constantius I Chlorus was born in 260 to Coelus, Coel, the man, okay, this is confused, I'm sorry. Uh, she was the wife of Constantius I Chlorus. So it's talking about her place of birth here, not his birth or place. Was born at, to Coelius II, Coel the Magnificent, known to most of us people as Old King Cole. Old King Cole of the, of the you know, uh, Christmas hymn or Christmas song fame. Okay. She married King Cole and also uh, from Camulod, C-A-M-U-L-O-D, which bears a striking resemblance to the word Camelot. Okay. Camulod and Strada, Istradwal the Fair, Camulod born Cadfan. Okay. So, she is the daughter, Helena of Wales is the daughter of King Cole and Istrad, Istradwal the Fair. Coelus was born in Camulod, or Camelot, England. Strata was born in Cumbria, England. Flavia had nine siblings. Lefermar or Lucius of the Britons, Gawalver Cole, and seven other siblings. Flavia married Constantius Flavius Valerius, that is Constantius I Chlorus, Emperor of Rome. Constantius was born before 250. They had one son, Constantine the Great. Flavia married Constantius I Chlorus, Emperor of Roman Empire. Constantius was born on March 31, 250 in Rome, Lazio, Italy. They had one son, Julius Constantius, and he was known as Constantine. Flavia passed away uh, in 328 at age 68. She had actually moved to Rome at her son's invitation and uh, was later divorced by her husband, Constantius I. But when Constantius I died, uh, her son Constantine gave her an estate in Rome and she became essentially you know, an empress of Rome. Okay. So she was an Israelite woman descended from Zarajudah, and so was Constantius I. This is the because we can trace our history and the Jews can't. That's why this uh, this true history of our people is totally ignored and buried in the in the hills <laughs> by mainstream media, by uh, academia, the Jews, and the Catholic Church. Over to you uh, for your comment, Michael. Yeah, just uh, yeah. I was also in this um, article that you sent me, but I was a bit confused because it was on Swedish. I guess it was translated, so I read it. Yeah, um, yes, and it doesn't. Um, 
it is not uh, like the yeah well the romans they were uh, they were the other other the other branch that broken off branch that uh, paul was referring to yes uh, that was the romans and they were from 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 Ferris, uh, no, Sarah Judah, that left, uh, um, that he, I guess it was because of he felt that Ferris Judah was in down in, in the, what do you say, the old world in, in Palestine. So That's right. he left because he feel, felt that uh, his place was taken by Ferris Judah. That's right. Uh, so uh, left, brotherly then, love. Uh, <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> Brotherly love. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so okay. They, so they established this great that yeah, this this the Roman Empire that yeah it was one of the beasts that that did persecute our people. But That's I guess correct. The, the initial thoughts with it weren't that was not the case with it. Yeah. But uh, it was translated into that after I guess also the Jews so suspect either my Jews probably had infiltrated it and made it and and, and weapon against us. Amen. They definitely infiltrated Rome as moneylenders, you know, and uh, there were several popes who were influenced by Jewish advisors slash moneylenders, you know, instigating uh, against the true Israelites of Europe. Yeah, that's that's why, yeah, exactly why uh, the Holy Roman Empire was an Antichrist empire, because they persecuted true Israelites. Back to you. Yeah, yeah, so that's the usual. We start up the civilization, we build up, same in America. We, you founded America, uh, that the great uh, state, but now it's been turned against, uh, against us, yes. its own people, and all the European nations, same as them. They have been infiltrated now, and now they have turned against their own, yeah. the one that did create it. Again, yeah. they yeah. doesn't create anything. They only pervert it, and yeah, yes. nothing new under the sun. Yes, and even today, the Roman Catholic Church is a willing conspirator with international Jewry in oppressing the white Israelite nations. Okay? So nothing has changed. In 2,000 years, nothing has changed. Okay, we're still being oppressed by the same two entities, the false prophet, <laughs> you know, headed up by the uh, Holy Roman Empire, or today it's the Roman Catholic Church, and Jewry. The same two Eva, Mystery Babylon and the False Prophet. We're still being persecuted and oppressed by the same two entities that have been identified in the Bible as our main enemies. Okay, So it's time for our people to wake up and uh, shun and reject false religion and false economics as explained to us in the book of Revelation, Mystery Babylon and the False Prophet, okay? So anyway, I just wanted to uh, put that before our listeners because the, the since we know who we are, we can prove our ancestry, the Jews can't, and even the Roman Catholic Church has assumed the name of Israel, pretending to be Israel, <laughs> right? Trying to steal our identity as well, okay? So... Uh, we are here to set the record straight and going through true history. Yes, Helen of Wales was an Israelite of Zarah She married another Israelite of Zarah namely Constantius I, and their son Constantine was an Israelite of Zarah However, King Cole may have been uh, of Ferris Judah, okay, because uh, Tiatefi, daughter of Zedekiah, had migrated to Ireland, where her tomb still exists. It's on Tara Hill, named after Tia Tuffy. She is called Tara, 
in, in Ireland. And I believe King Cole was one of her descendants. So she was of Ferris Judah. So it's quite, uh, the two um, branches of Judah merged together in Ireland and Britain. So Helen may have been a full-blooded um, descendant of both Zara and and Ferris. Okay, so this is history that only you can only get from Christian identity. You'll never get it from any other source. Okay, so that uh, that being said, why don't we get back to the uh, subject at hand, the Israelite origin of the Scandinavian people, and I'll turn it over to you, and I'll put the article we're reading from in the chat room. Okay. Yes, thank you very much. Yes, okay. we are right, heading back into the um, the history of the most uh, three northern northern tribes up in up in uh, Europe. Yes, in maybe the cold cold yeah, Europe. Right, right. Yeah, and um, and we see in the in the and we come to that when we see how the tribes also did arrange themselves in the biblical times. It was the same. We are the one that loves the north. And we also sing about loving the North in our national right. anthems. Right. So we truly yeah. love, love the North. Yeah, amen, amen. There's even an attempt now to uh, claim that there were blacks among the Norsemen. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think they deal very well with the cold. Back to you. No, no, not, not, the, not how it was then, because... Yeah. Uh, and today we have the yeah the convenience that everybody else has, but then well then you had to yeah you survive to, <laughs> the you winter had to survive more yeah. then and uh, you have to hunt you have to do a lot of lot of skills that um, I I don't think they would have that to no. survive and conquer this land up here and same with you you conquered uh, the wilderness of America and my the forefathers here in Sweden and the north they conquered this. Yes, uh, this this land here. We conquer this this uh, land. We doesn't come in and have everything sorted up for us. We had we have conquered. Yes, well, it's an interesting way of putting it. it is, uh, actually, that is the case because that actually verifies Genesis three fifteen, where uh, it is taught that we, the descendants of Adam would have the viper people biting at our heels wherever we go. So we conquer the land and the Jews conquer us. And that cycle has continued to this day. Yeah, unfortunately. And yeah. we haven't learned anything from history. No, we haven't. All right. Unfortunately not. Okay, okay. Yeah. so let's get started where we left, left, left off. And we did the heading that we start off with now is the Lost Ten Tribes of Israel. And maybe we have, have read some of this last time, but we, we it is worth to repeating itself, so I will repeat it and then we come in. So, I will start up. The Bible is a family chronicle of the 12 tribes of Israel, the Israelites. Two of the forefathers of the Israelites were Shem and Eber, and therefore the Israelites are also Semites and Hebrews as well. The grandson of Abraham, namely Jacob, was given the name Israel by God himself. And, his, and this is from Genesis 32:28. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince has due power with God and with men, and has prevailed. Jacob is, therefore, the first Israelite and the forefather of all Israelites. Jacob Israel... Uh, begot 12 sons, uh, the forefathers of the 12 tribes of Israel, the Israelites. 
One of the twelve sons was called Dan, today the Danes. One was called Aser, today the Swedes. One was called Naphtali, today the Norwegians. By skipping the reminder, one was called Judah, the forefather of the Judahites. And shortly before 500 BC, those of the Judahites who were in captivity in Babylon were suddenly called Jews. So here, this is some, he is, he is making the first part in this article, this first, uh, would you say, part here in the text is, I would say, co- completely accurate, but yeah. then this, this ruins it. Yes, yeah, by identifying Judah with Jews. He, he doesn't get the difference that uh, Jews are actually Edomites who lived in Judea, okay, and that the word Jew devolves from the word Judea, not from Judah, okay? Because uh, the Judahites and the Edomites are two completely separate genomes and, in fact, have been enemies since they were separated from the womb, okay, <laughs> of Rebekah. And uh, most people don't know this. And, uh, you know, most Judeo-Christians, uh, any Christians outside of identity, don't know these things. Back to you. But how do you then, uh, when Rebecca said, I have two nations in my womb, why am when she is referring to, when they read about uh, Esau, that older brother, right. and Jacob, what is, what is their, what is the... Um, Judeo-Christian um, description of Esau. Who is that older brother? Right. They ignore that. They ignore that subject. They, they totally ignore it. Even though, and as much of the Bible, the vast majority of Judeo-Christians simply ignore much of our history as if it never happened. Yeah, that, that's the reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very unfortunately. Yes. But then, in I know in Sweden, it's that. Um, Jews has been referred to as that older brother. So, right, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, they, they don't understand. They don't trace the genealogy of those two. They were twin brothers, and uh, you know it says the elder shall serve the younger. Okay, Esau was the elder, and for vast majority of history, the Jewish descendants of Esau served our kings and queens of Judah up until around the Napoleonic Wars when Napoleon inadvertently elevated the Jews to power over us and fulfilling the prophecy made to, uh, by Isaac to Esau that one day uh, he, Esau, would have dominion over us Israelites. And that is exactly where the situation we're in today. Back to you. Yeah, that is the... Um... Sorry, that is the story of affair now that they have gained dominion. But it's interesting even that the older reference to the Jewish people sometimes is they are correct to referring them to as that older brother, and they don't like that. Right, right, they don't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> to be that reference. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm may I continue? Yes. And. Um, in the back of the 1992 translation of the, of the Danish Bible, as published by the Danish Bible Society, we read under the article, Judah, 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 the word Jew is derived from Judah. Uh, no, sorry, that's, uh, no. <laughs> that's wrong. Yeah, that's the Jewish claim. No, it's derived from Judea. That's what it's derived from. Yes, yeah. so this is the, that's a claim that has unfortunately been 
been repeated so many times, you know, repeating a lie for so many times, and it will uh, unfortunately be regarded as true. Yes. That's how this this how we view this. Yes. So, uh, after having been the thralls of Pharaoh in Egypt, the uh, uh, approximately three million Israelites, men, women, and children, cross the divided Red Sea and reach Mount Sinai, where they are given the law of Moses. This is a most important event in the history of Israel because the Bible refers to it as a wedding between God, the bridge, the bride, bridegroom, and Israel, the bride. This description of the relationship between God and the 12 tribes of Israel as man and wife is used all the way through the Bible, right from the book of Exodus on to the last book in the Bible, Amen. the Revelation of St. John. Amen. Yeah, and the Jews uh, do not recognize anything in the New Testament so they can't be, <laughs> they, they can't be the bride of Christ. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, yeah, so that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, they, no, they can't be because if it doesn't, yeah. they only see part of it, only see half of it. Right. They only, I don't yeah. know, if they, they don't even regard, I guess, the Old Testament as well. I don't think they do. That's just a... That's just a right. window dress. Oh, oh, yeah, very good point. They don't believe in the laws of Moses. They believe in the Talmud, which is a total distortion of the laws of Moses, and most Judeo-Christians aren't aware of that either. Yeah, it is uh, It is window dressing. Yep, yep. The, the, the Bible that they parade, the so-called Torah, that the Talmudic rabbis parade before them when they you know run around their uh, synagogues and whenever they go outside to have meetings they they parade the Torah in front of them as a, a, to purvey the idea that they believe the Bible no they detest the Bible they love their own traditions as Yahshua Messiah uh, said to them you have your own tradition which is not the same as the laws of Moses if you had believed Moses you would believe me so Yahshua Messiah was fully aware of the Talmudic nature of uh, emerging Judaism at the time okay that it is anti-mosaic back to you yeah and that that maybe is true when they said about when they do with Babylon because I guess the Talmud did it was didn't it start up in in Babylon that's yes. where it stemmed from. Yes. Okay. Uh, just quickly, uh, Nimble Horse has uh, put in a link the Leah Fail Stone and the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, yeah, truth. Yeah, and then uh, of course the Leah Fail Stone is the stone, uh, otherwise known as the scone, stone of scone, which Jacob Israel laid his head on. I, I can't remember either before or after he had the scuffle with the angel. Okay, so we have that in our possession. The Jews do not. Yeah, mm -hmm. further proof. Yep, further proof uh, that we are Israel. Yes, okay, mm -hmm. uh, let's continue. So the Israelites conquer the promised land of Canaan and drives out the Canaanites and lives after the law of God. Yeah, here you have them. Here yeah. you have your Edomite Jews, the Canaanites. There you go. Amen. Here they are. Yeah, here they are. And they know they are. Edom is in modern Jewry, quote-unquote, from the Jewish Encyclopedia. They know they're Edomites, but they don't publicize the fact that because you know, the Jewish Encyclopedia is only intended for other Jews to be to be read. Okay. 
So if you Eli read it, how are you regarded then? Uh, 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 repeat the question. Um, how are you regarded then, Eli, when you read that those those books? How how do I reg- how am I regarded? No, how do the how do the Jewish people regard you if you read their? Text? Oh, okay. Well, uh, as a, as a heathen worthy of death. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what they say in their own Talmud. Any any non-Jew who reads the Talmud and publicizes its crazy teachings is worthy of death, should be killed. Yeah, yeah tell mm-hmm. much about their text. You're exactly. Not, you're not yeah. even allowed to read it, and if you publicize it, you you are yeah. We say what it probably that's probably what they did to Martin Luther. They yes. Amen. Because he he exposed their lies, the Jews in their lies. Another fact that most Christians do not even know that Martin Luther wrote a book entitled "The Jews and Their Lies," in which he roundly condemned their Talmud. Yeah, he did mm-hmm. because I guess he was despised when he read it first time. So he just got so, and then upset with. It, and then he then he he wrote his text. That's right. And he didn't live much longer after his publication. They didn't bother him when he wrote the uh, book against the Roman Catholic Church, right? Although the Roman Catholic Church tried to do away with him. (laughs) It wasn't the Jews who tried to do away with him then, okay? So uh, you're in serious trouble if you really uh, upset the Jews, you know, so uh, I, I think your folk radio and the Christian identity movement, well, we're, you know, the Christian identity movement is number one target of the international Jew. They, they want to get rid of us. But because they hate Christianity in general, and they hate the name of Jesus Christ, Yahshua, they hate every version of Jesus Christ uh, that uh, we can think of, they've decided on a blanket uh, destruction of Christianity and the white race, so they figure they'll get us. Uh, we're, we're not a big enough movement yet to really be a thorn in their side, but we're trying mighty hard. <laughs> Back to you. Yeah, I guess you, your description of their tactic is, is the box shot. Yeah, the, the box out? No, the, no, the the box shot. They shoot with a shotgun. Oh, box shot, right, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it'll kill a few people that they intend, but it'll kill a whole lot more of the other people, right? They don't care. They just want to get rid of, get rid of all white people. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And here we have the, um, this um, this uh, picture of the of the promised land, uh, that is the 12 tribes of Israel in Canaan. Where yes. Where we see that Asher and Naphtali and... Dan is up in the north here, Dan, oh, down down here. So yeah. we see it's kind of this. Well, Dan is not so in into the in the borders with Asher and Naphtali, but yes. we see that Dan is a bit more south than what Asher and Naphtali are. They are yeah. in the north. Okay. Well, actually, Dan had two locations. If you look very carefully at the top of the map, it's almost erased. Uh, you see Dan up in the far north too, above Naphtali and Asher. Okay, so Dan was on two locations. Ah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, they were. So yeah. could that also be a reference to? Yeah, we see that Dan has found very new. We have they found New Zealand, as you and me we found uh, out last time. Right. And also, weren't also Ireland partly uh, and also England partly yeah. um, by the Danites? Amen. Yes, yeah. And of course, uh, we, as uh, we talked about last time, the Danube River, the Dnieper River, the Don River, all these all these rivers were named by Dan. 
Okay, so we we have to come up with different pronunciations uh, for these rivers because we can't call them all the Danube, right? So yeah, and so uh, we went uh, over the rivers of Europe and how our people migrated from the Caucasus to the Balkans. I'm sorry, the Baltic last week in, in our la- last study, uh, demonstrating you know that the, the Israelites populated Europe. All of Europe, not just Northern Europe, but we focused on Northern Europe and how the Naphtali, uh, Asher, uh, even Zebulon. It shows Zebulon here. Uh, it's Holland. Is that not far south of you? Not so far away, maybe, no. but they are a bit. They are they are more close to Germany, I would say, Germany and Belgium. Right. Okay. I would say. So, it, so it's interesting that roughly. This map, which shows how the tribes of Israel were positioned in Palestine, uh, our relationship uh, is, is still maintained. Now, remember that uh, Joseph, his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, were always to the west of these tribes, okay? And they still are today. America and Britain are to the west of the European mainland where most of the other Israelites founded their original nations. Okay. Yeah, and we do, though I see that you have Manasseh up in the north northeast. Is that Manasseh as well? Well, it probably uh, because uh, this were they originated in Egypt, right? Joseph had uh, uh, had these two sons in Egypt, and so when they finally moved to Palestine, they uh, had uh, a, a place on the east side of the Jordan River and also on the west side of the Jordan River. Okay, so uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the, the map uh, arrangement doesn't totally hold, but uh, the original uh, formation, the original birth of Ephraim and Manasseh to the west is maintained by the fact that the descendants of Joseph uh, are living to the west of the other tribes. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. how it is today, how yeah. England and America is sorted. That's the big, yes. the big, the big uh, uh, shields at our left side. That's right. That's right. And of course, the, it's interesting, uh, the shield of Britain has the unicorn of Joseph on the left, <laughs> which would be the west, right? And the lion of Judah on the right, to the east. You know, so Britain is composed of both, as we've been discussing. You know, it's, it's both Pharaoh's Judah and Zerah Judah, and uh, all 12 tribes uh, reside. Uh, you can't say of any of the Israelite countries that it's populated only by that particular tribe but primarily by that tribe, okay? That's yeah, not, okay. yeah, that's also what you and me, when we discussed uh, about uh, Germany, how many they composed it of. Right. That Judah was mainly in Saxony. That's where we found Judah. And that is where I know that my ancestors did dig up the, our kings. It was in that <laughs> area they dig up the kings. Right. Yeah, uh, you mean l- literally dig up or find their king? <laughs> no, not dig up, but not, maybe not that, but they, they found him there. Yeah, right, they found him there. Okay, very good. All right, please continue. Yes, okay. Um, Israel is now the people of God's property or the people of God's estate. But this is also bears with it a great responsibility. Oh, yeah, it does. Hmm. Um if Israel follows the law of God and worship him, God blesses them and blesses other people through Israel. If Israel is, um, if Israel to the country breaks the law of God and worship other gods, God will chast- chastise them and curse Israel until Israel repents. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, I think we're in that situation now, <laughs> right? We definitely are. Oh, yeah, we get our whips. Okay, whip. yep, by Yahweh himself. But we blame we blame others, <laughs> right, for, for our own misdeeds and our own turning away from his laws. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, after King David, a man according to the heart of, of the Lord, follows King Solomon. Solomon is the wisest man on earth, but because he marries alien women, and that is, I guess, Edomite women. Uh, yeah, especially Edomite women. But yes. he, he had Arab Arab wives. He had in his harem, he had all kinds of women, okay, oh, right. other than Israelite women, which was a violation of Yahweh's law, okay. So he yeah. he, he became a degenerate in his old age. Yep, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and God punished all of Israel, and ten of the tribes revolts. Israel is now split into two kingdoms. The ten tribes in the northern kingdom called the House of Israel, or simple, simply Israel. And the two tribes of the southern kingdom, the House of Judah, or simply Judah. And we strike that one out. I don't even yeah, read right, it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Somebody write them a letter and straighten them out. Okay, back to you. Yep. Yeah. So do you have any further comments on this? This When we read this, we're, I think it's pretty spot on. Yeah. something more we need to add here. Yeah, well, no, he's, his analysis is outstanding, except for the few references he equates uh, Judah with the Edomites, with the Edomite Jews, okay? Other than that, I think everything he writes is right on the money, right on the money. Yeah, that yeah. is very encouraging for the soul to read that there's yeah. more people that understands this. Amen. But as, as, we, as we know, there we are far, far, foreign, <laughs> foreign reach between us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, there's a so close but yet so far. <laughs> right? Okay. Right. So now we have the twelve tribes of Israel in Canaan. Um, from this point on, the ten tribes of Israel and the two tribes of Judah have separate kings, separate prophets, they have each of their own history, and are often at war against each other. The ten northern tribes are, however, more sinful than the two tribes in the south. So finally, God punished the ten tribes by letting uh, the mighty Assyrian Empire invade the northern kingdom of the ten tribes. And the Assyrians um, deports all of the Israelites of the ten tribes out of the land of Canaan in the year 221 BC. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I guess this... Eli, I think I think we discussed this last time, isn't also that those deportation weren't them in waves? Some yes. maybe were before this or later. How is yeah. your what is yeah. your um, uh, what have your re research come up with? Yeah, there were many waves, uh, but three primary waves. The the first primary wave was Zerah Judah from the Egyptian captivity, and those Israelites are known to historians as the Celtic people, or the Celtiberians or the Gaels, and our language is called Gaelic, which is a derivation of Hamido-Semitic, as is proved by the Berber people speaking a version of Hamido-Semitic, because the Berbers uh, adopted our language. You know, the Berbers are white people who lived in uh, northern Africa on the Mediterranean coast, and many of the uh, Hamites... Uh, had migrated west across the north face of Africa and left traces of our language, Hebrew, Hamido-Semitic, and it, is, it uh, is carried along in Gaelic. 
And as, and as you know, the Welsh language is virtually 100% Hebrew. Again, more proof that we are the Israelites. The second major wave was the uh, from King Amri, the so-called Chimerians. Okay, and uh, again, historians cannot do not know the derivation of the word Chimerian. It comes from Kumru. I know the Welsh people still refer to themselves as the Kumru, K-H-U-M-R-U, the Kumru, which derives from King Amri of the Ten Northern Tribes, okay? That was the second major wave. They, what they did, they fled before the Assyrian invasion. So that was the second major wave. And then the third ma- major wave was the Germanic wave of Pharaoh's Judah from the northern parts of uh, the Medi- uh, Medi- sorry Mesopotamia, okay, and as we discussed, those are the Anglo-Saxons. Those are the three major waves. Back to you. Yeah, thank you very much okay. for okay. for that. Okay, so at this event, God annuls his marriage with the ten tribes of Israel because those those idols whom they worshipped, such as Baal and Molech. Yeah, we were so filthy, so you have <laughs> to. We were so unfaithful and so. I know, we were running out chasing other gods, so he, he, he were very, he cannot stand our stench, I guess. Mm-hmm, okay. Uh, so, where the lovers in Israel's um, matrimonial adultery, God's marriage with the two tribes of Judah in the south, however, stays intact, and Judah continues being the people of God. Yes, that's a fair assessment, even though... The Judahites were just as disobedient as the northern ten tribes, but uh, the house of Judah had periodically good kings who were faithful to Yahweh and smashed the groves, uh, got rid of Baal worship, and uh, there were several kings in the house of Judah who did that, and if they had not done that, they would have uh, perished just like the ten northern tribes would have, right? And uh, Yahshua Messiah could not have been born of the house of Judah in Palestine if they had uh, been uh, as evil as the ten northern tribes. Back to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's a quote from Hosea 1, 6 until 7. And she conceived again and bare a daughter, and God said unto him, Call her name uh, Lurahama. Lura, Lura uh, no, meaning not my people. Not my people. Yes. Um, for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah and will save them by the Lord their God yes. and will not save them. Uh, by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen. Yeah, I will just save them myself. <laughs> right? I will. I will intervene on behalf of Judah, because Judah had to, uh, in uh, the house of Judah had to bring forth the Messiah. They had to, right? But uh, but that was that was Pharaoh's Judah, not Zerah Judah. Back to you. Yes. Um, oh, let's see. Oh, I. There I have that, wherever. Yeah. So, yeah, and I remember we discussed this last time, also this, um, uh, not my people, this, this right. name here. Yes. Uh, that he is saying, so, concerning God's divorce from the ten tribes of Israel, 
the prophet Jeremiah specifically, no, uh, specifically, uh, close specific, enough, specifically, <laughs> specifically. Thank you. All right. <laughs> uses the word bill of divorce as pertaining to the broken marriage. Yes. And I said after she had done all these things, and this is from Jeremiah three seven until eight. Turned the one to me, but she returned not. And her uh, treacherous sister, Judah, saw it. And I saw, when for all the, co- uh, the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a b- bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister, Judah, feared not, but went and played the harlot also. Yeah, so Judah played the harlot also, but was not divorced as the house of Israel was. So again, here's another area of scripture that mainstream Christians are totally unaware of, and that is that the, the two houses of Israel broke apart right after the days of Solomon and never merged back together again until actually in Europe, as we discussed earlier, the two Pharaohs uh, Judah and uh, Zerah Judah uh, merged by marriage of uh, you know the the two the two houses, in in Britain and in Ireland. Okay, that's where the two uh, sons of Judah merged back together. Back to you. Yeah, and I is that also then we had come then to the two stick prophecy. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, excellent point. Again, that's another area of scripture that Judeo Christians are completely unaware of. Um, because many of them are so-called New Testament Christians who pay no heed whatsoever to the Old Testament. So how can you understand the New Testament if you don't understand the Old Testament? <laughs> right? How can you? They are one of the same. They are. They are. So you can't read half of a book and then only yeah, read half right. of Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to read the good parts, <laughs> the parts that I like, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. mm. Okay, let's continue. Uh, the two sisters are Israel and Judah who both play the harlot, E-I-H, worship idols such as Baal, and are not faithful to their husband, the Lord. No. Yes. <laughs> it's and the same today again. If they're it worshiping sure in the churches, they are Baal worshippers, and they sit in the, in, the, in the churches and having a Baal priest that is keeping the sheep, um, what do you say, uh, keeping them quiet before right. the, the, the slaughter. Yeah, now isn't this interesting, because so are the pagans. Pagan Israelites of Europe worshiping Baal, as you pronounce it, or Baal, as uh, we pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Baal, I think Baal is actually the correct pronunciation in Hebrew. Yeah, they both, the, the pagan Israelites of Europe and the Judeo-Christians of you know, all over the world are worshiping Baal, whether they realize it or not. Yeah, they are, and and the pagans think they are they are doing the um, that they are rebellious to the Edomite Jews by not worshiping Jesus Christ. But hey, you are they are deceiving themselves. That's correct. They are making themselves up for um. Sorry, they will be yeah. the target by by our Messiah as well if they doesn't worship him. Yeah, although I think Yahshua may have a little bit more compassion toward them than Edomites. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe yeah. they are the ones that are cold instead of... There of you go. Them. Good point. Very good. Yeah, and uh, uh, regarding that, I think the only Christians who are hot, fervent, are Christian identity. All the others, including the pagans, are very, very cold or lukewarm. Yeah. 
uh, uh, lukewarm is, I guess, yeah, uh, more yeah. the the churches today. That's what yeah, I feel, and that's right, what that's, he feels about yeah. them. Say so probably, and you know, lukewarm coffee is not good. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's excellent. That's uh, I never thought of it that way. So we, the Identians, are the hot ones. The Judeo Christians are the lukewarm, and the pagans are the cold. No doubt. Very good yeah. characterization. That's how, how I would see it because of the uh, the pagans are just more. No, I don't believe in you. They can maybe also try to make a point of it, but yeah, they they will probably come to other thoughts when they see him. Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's continue. The actual uh, deportation of the ten tribes finally occurs in the year um, uh, seven hundred twenty-one BC, where the Assyrians forcefully uh, relocate them to areas south of the Caucasus Mountains. The Old Testament describes it as follows, and this is from um, the Second Kings 17, 5 until 6. Then the king of Assyria came up through, uh, throughout all the land and went up to uh, Samaria and besieged it uh, three years. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria and placed them in Hala and in Habor by the river of Gosan and in the cities of the Medes. And also here we have Second Kings seventeen eighteen. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah only. Okay. Uh, actually, let me interject here. Uh, Bavarian man corrected me. I was confusing Lo Ruhama with Lo Ami. Lo Ami does mean not my people, but Lo Ruhama means not pitied. Okay, so the ten northern tribes were not pitied and not given mercy like the house of Judah was. Okay, two different words. Sorry, sorry for the confusion, folks. Back to you. Ah, oh, okay. All right. Uh, let's uh, do any, any comments here to the Second Kings. What they say here? Here we have the biblical descriptions of where they are placed, that they are placed in the Caucasus. And if we look, right. uh, as I think you and me did, Eli, when we mm-hmm. look at the map, where um, Azerbaijan, for example, is placed, right. it is placed south of the Caucasus mountain. Yeah, well, that's why we did that intensive study of the migrational routes from the Balkans to the Baltic. Okay, and where is it from? Well, it's from the Black Sea, which is just north. Well, actually, the Black Sea and the Sea of Azov have a mountain range between them called the Caucasus Mountains. Okay, this is the area from which, not just from the Caucasus Mountains, but from the Black Sea and the Sea of Azov, our people migrated north and west. It's, it's yeah. completely obvious. That's the migrational route. And that's why we spent so much time on that question last week. Back to you. Yeah, it's important to get that and to see the how uh, that, the, yeah, this, that the scripture here, they, they are true. They tell us where we were. Yes. And they, yeah, and then we just had to do some research, research to, to get the actual right. positions because they are not mentioned the same as they were in the biblical times. Yes, and this is what I try to explain to pagans, pagan white people, that the reason you worship Baal, <laughs> even today, is because your ancestors, the, the paganized northern ten tribes, were worshiping Baal in those days, 2000, well, this, 2,700 years ago. 
And you're still worshiping Baal today. Sorry, but you are. Back to you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know what kind of what, what uh, answers or response you get when you say that to them. Well, it's funny because uh, I've said that to many uh, in the many speeches I've given to you know combined groups that have uh, Israelites, you know, identians, and pagans and uh, white nationalists, and the ones who are intellectually curious always come up to me after my talk and say, that's very interesting what you just said. <laughs> Can you tell me more? But the ones who are diehard pagans and have no intention of listening to anything but what they already believe, uh, I never hear from them. Okay. But I'm still working on them. Back to you. Yeah, you are the one that's throwing the seeds, and then we know who will make the seed to grow in them. There you go. But as yes. Also, <laughs> as our <laughs> as is said about our people, we are yeah. stiff necked. Yeah, stiff necked like a rock, right? It's rocky ground, and, and seeds do not grow in rocky ground. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, besides the Bible itself, the most time honored historian of ancient Israel is. The Roman, uh, oh. okay, I say Flavius Josephus. Judahite. Between... The Roman Judahite, Flavius Josephus. Yeah, uh, that's a yeah. better one. Yeah, and he <laughs> wasn't a Roman. Point. Yeah, He was not a Roman. Uh, that's, that's a false characterization. He was a Judahite by his own autobiography, royalty on one side and priestly on the other side. So he is a full-blooded Judahite, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, but Roman, yeah. that probably is not... Well, it's too broad, maybe. But Romans were always regarded as as um, uh, as Sarah as yes. Sarah. You yeah, but so. he he's not aware of that. <laughs> the author is okay. not Mickle is not aware of that. Okay, okay. but uh, to call him a Roman, in he worked for the Romans as a general and as a historian. Okay, but to characterize him, uh, he should be referred to as a Judo Judahite who served as a Roman general. That's how I would phrase it. Back to you. Okay. And he was between 37 to 95 AD. And Eusebius described the same event where the ten tribes were carried out of Canaan. So here is his description. Yeah. Um, I, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Yes. Solomon, Solomon Esser, the king of Assyria, was very angry and made an expedition against Samaria in the seventh year of the reign of Hosea. But when he was not admitted into the city by the king, he besieged Samaria three years and took it by force in the ninth year uh, of the reign of Hosea. And in the seventh year of Hezekiah, king of Jerusalem, and quite, and quite demolished the government of the Israelites and transplanted all the peoples into Media and Persia. And when he had removed these people out of their land, he transplanted other nations out of um, Kutha, a place so called. Kutha is then that the old land, the promised land? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's part of Kush. It's a, a subcategory of Kush, which would be Hamitic territory. But that mm -hmm. would be the Arabian Kush. Okay. Ah, okay. Not, not the Ethiopian Kush or Africa. Back to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. For there is still a river at the, at that name in Persia. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. There Persia. you go. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Um, into Samaria and into the country of the Israelites. So the ten tribes of the Israelites were removed out of Judea, 
947 years after their forefathers were come out of the land of Egypt and possessed uh, themselves in this uh, country. Right. Okay. So Josephus is intimately familiar with the split between the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And he's intimately familiar with the migrations north into the Caucasus. And I think uh, he doesn't describe the migration across the Caucasus, but he definitely places the ten so-called lost tribes just south of the Caucasus in Medea, Armenia, you know, those places that uh, are still so named today. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I have not read this. I have that's maybe a book I need to 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 own. The oh, yeah. Josephus. Yes, yeah. As long as you, want, he he clearly identifies Herod as an Edomite. Absolutely clearly identifies Herod as an Edomite, but historians ignore that fact too. So people falsely believe that Herod was of Judahite extraction when he was not. He was a totally illegitimate king placed over Judah by the Romans. That's that's Herod's origin. Back to you. Oh, yeah, there's one. one That's, I guess, the most clearest description that he is of an Edomite. Yes, right. No, no okay. bones about it. You know, And we, we can derive that from other sources as well, but uh, Josephus makes that very plain. Okay. Um, so let's uh, continue reading then. Uh, it is a great help to the understanding of the ten tribes of Israel and the two tribes of Judah, if you are aware of who the various books of the Old Testament are written to. The books of the first and second kings are written from the viewpoint of the ten tribes and of speaks of the prophet Elijah and pro- prophet of the ten tribes. The book uh, of the first and second chronicles are the um, con the country written from the viewpoint of the two tribes of Judah. And this is your, your understanding too, Eli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. all right. So, Chronicles and uh, Kings are, are written to the separate houses, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's continue. Uh, when the books of the first and second kings were committed to writing, approximately 580 BC, the ten tribes of Israel were far away from the land of Canaan. This is a quote from Second Kings seventeen twenty one until twenty three. For he rent Israel from the house of David, and they made Jeroboam the son of uh, Nebat king, and Jeroboam drove Israel from uh, following the Lord, and made them uh, sin, a great sin. For the children of Israel walked in all the sins of Jeroboam, which he did. They departed not from them until the Lord removed Israel out of his sight, as he had said by all his servants, the prophets. So was Israel carried away out of their land to Assyria unto this day. Amen. Uh, Our paganized Israelite ancestors loved those pagan orgies. And they, they threw their babies, their firstborn sons, into the fires of Moloch, which is very similar to abortion and infanticide by our people today, right? So our people who have still have not learned (laughs) from history to stop sinning against Yahweh. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Okay, so what happened to the so-called lost um, ten tribes of Israel after they landed in the area south of the Caucasus? Many have um, pondered over through our history. Physically, they left the prophets uh, of God in the Middle East, but they did remain in the uh, further, further prophecies of the prophets. They returned to the prophets of God as the European um, heathens and Gentiles in the New Testament, and today they constitute the white Christian peoples. Yes. Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah, but right. Gentiles, I don't think that is... No, thing, no, 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 it makes that mistake. That's an artificial Jewish uh, construct, that the Jews are Israelites and everybody else is a Gentile. No, it's not that way. Actually, the Jews are Gentiles because they're not Israelites, <laughs> right? So, we uh, we don't make this distinction because the word Gentile does not exist in either book of the Bible. No such word. It, uh, and it, uh, it's a Roman word, a Latin word that was imposed upon the Bible translations. Uh, the Hebrew is goyim, which simply means nations. And the Greek is ethnos, which also simply means nation. It does not specify a non-Jewish people ever. In fact, uh, my friend David in uh, Missouri has done a word study cross-referencing all the cases of the word Gentile that exist in Scripture. And he has found that 99.9% of the time, if you actually look at the cross-references, they are references to Israel and to no other people. There's only two or three instances of the word Gentile as translated where the people are not Israelites. Okay? So, this type of in-depth study is not done by Judeo-Christian churches ever. They just don't study. They don't use the concordances. To study scripture. Okay. Okay. Yes, let's continue. Uh, this is then the hidden books of the Bible. Uh, is the heading now. Um, so, the early church fathers had a different Bible than we have today. Some of the New Testament epistles were originally not approved as um, canon, canon, canonized, can, 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 canonical. 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 Yes, right. Sorry. Yeah, um, that's okay. <laughs> if I were I'm trying to read, if I were trying to read Swedish, I'd be doing far worse. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, whereas they did acknowledge a number of other books of uh, cano- and, Can- yeah, cano- canonical. Canonical, uh, right? Canonical. Canonical. Yeah. Yes. Among them, the so-called uh, apocryphal and um, um, pseudepigrapha. Pseudepigrapha, right, which means uh, uh, books that were written under an assumed name, okay? Very similar Uh to the Apocrypha, but never considered for publication in either the Roman Catholic Bible, which has the Apocrypha, or the original King James, which had the Apocrypha. So the Pseudepigrapha, you have to be really careful about uh, assuming that they're Israelite literature, but Pastor Steve and I you know, have done a, a lot of article or shows about the Apocrypha showing that they're indeed Israelite literature, and there's virtually zero uh, contradiction uh, between the Apocrypha and Scripture as we know it. 
okay, which is an astounding thing. There's a, maybe two or three odd statements in the Apocrypha that either don't make sense but do not necessarily contradict the Bible. Okay, that's a very important point. Okay, back to you. Yeah, but isn't those that the apocrypha? Isn't that uh, a way? I guess that the Edomite Jews want to cover their tracks. That's right. why they want to get rid of it. Oh uh, well, uh, yeah, and and, and, pre- and they pretend that they're the Judahites of the Book of Esther, which they are not. Book of Esther clearly identifies, uh, 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 what's his name, Mero. Uh, I can't I can't think of his name now. Not Haman. Haman was the uh, descendant of Esau who was trying to kill uh, Esther's uh, uncle, okay, and uh, Haman actually had a, a set up a gallows for uh, her uncle, and he out, outwitted uh, Haman, and Haman wound up swinging on the gallows instead. And uh, they were of the tribe of Benjamin. The book of Esther clearly says they were Benjaminites, not Jews. You know, just because the word Jew appears in the Bible does not mean that those people were, are, were related to the people who call themselves Jews today. A completely different set of people. Completely different, okay? Of course, again, this is not something that Judeo-Christians understand. Okay. And um, have you any good example then of those um, su- um, those pseudo uh, piagrapha books, some book that, um, oh. do you have an example of them? Because, yeah, I have, I have not read yeah. I think Well, the only one that comes to mind is the Lost Books of Adam and Eve. Oh, okay. them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they were never considered for scripture. Uh, they're, they're interesting story. Very interesting stories. Uh, but uh, they were never considered for uh, as canon by anybody, either by the apostles or even by the Roman Catholic Church. Okay. But there's tons of them. Oh, yeah. Another one, the Gospel of Thomas. Ah, okay, mm-hmm. the Gospel of Thomas, and uh, it, the Gospel of Thomas makes some strange statements in it. Okay, and uh, you know, and there's various others. So there's lots of them. There's there's dozens of them. You know, pro- way more than the Apocrypha. So it would be uh, a lot of work to wade through them to, to determine which which is pro, which is conco- concordant with Scripture, and which aren't. Okay, that'd be a lot of work. So we don't yeah, have time for that. Then, yeah. No. Story, and then yeah. <laughs> I guess also you need to have the the key of who is who. Yes, right. Yeah, we are not yeah. Gentiles; the Jews are. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Yep. And then I know that uh, um, I, I've heard some. I don't know, Eli. You probably have debunked this. That they say that the book of of um, the book of is it um, not it's not Estras, but the book of. Uh, Mordecai not, was his name. Of, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the Bible. Uh, I forgot the name on it now. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think uh, many of the books, uh, uh, maybe Job, uh, was uh, considered to be you know, non-canonical. But in the New Testament, well, the, the book of Revelation was almost voted out. Okay. It only, my understanding is, it was by it got in by one vote, <laughs> right? So yeah, every one of those. Uh, you know, and but of course, these were pre-Catholic members. You know, the the Roman Catholic Church hadn't fully got underway yet, but the popes were trying to insinuate themselves as the leaders of the you know twelve tribes of Christianity at the time. So, but um, I agree uh, with. Uh, Pastor Jeffrey in uh, in Idaho that the 
the canon was established by St. John, by the Apostle John, well before the Council of Nicaea. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, okay. Yeah. Back to you. Yeah. And the book I was thinking about is Esther. Yes. Yeah, Esther. Yeah. And uh, I, I just remembered her uncle's name was Mordecai. Mordecai was of the tribe of Benjamin. He was not a Jew in any sense of the word. And uh, so was Esther. She was of the tribe of Benjamin. Because remember, Benjamin and Judah traveled together. That's the house of Judah. They were taken captive to Babylon. And, and this province, uh, under King Ahasuerus, Artaxerxes is how it's spelled, were uh, of the house of Judah, but they were Benjamites. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay? They're not Jews. No, that's we have pointed that yeah. that one out. Yeah, right. Yeah, more. Okay, okay. thank Let's you. Continue then. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Some of the apocryphal which did not make it as the canon, uh, which the uh, synods established in the uh, 380s AD, uh, were the books of the prophet Ezra, um, mm-hmm. with the exception of Ezra's first book. Yeah, second Estrus tells of the exile of the ten tribes and their wanderings to Europe. Now, this begs the question, why was first Esdras, otherwise known as Ezra, in accompaniment with Nehemiah, why was the first book of Ezra in the canon, but the second book deleted? Who, who, deci- the track. who decided that? Okay, <laughs> right? Well, we don't know, but chances are it was a Catholic, a Catholic conspiracy. Back to you. Yeah, I guess if if this tells us about the wandering to Europe, uh, of course, the Catholic sounds like a good bet. Right. They did, would not want anybody to know that the Caucasian people are Israel, because they were claiming to be Israel at this point in time. Okay. Ah, oh, the man who won the claims to be Israel. <laughs> right, another one. Not just the Jews. Yeah. The, 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 the papacy is claimed that uh, Catholic, the Catholic Church is Israel. That, that's exactly what they say. Okay, yeah. so here we have one um, one from 2nd Estrus. This is then 2nd uh, Estrus 13, 40 until 47. And this is from the um, Danish translation. Um, These are the ten tribes which in the days of King Hosea we are carried away into captivity, whom um, Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, made captives. And carried beyond the river, um, Euphrates. Euphrates. They were, Euphrates. Euphrates. Yes. How do you pronounce um, that in Swedish? <laughs> Euphrates. Euphrates. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Okay, very good. Euphrates. Uh, yeah. Um, they were carried off to another country. Yeah, another country. But they formed this plan among themselves. To leave the heathen population. Meaning, and go, meaning, meaning non-Israelites. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I guess they were then among maybe the meat and the Persians That's there. That's right. That's right. And the Assyrians. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And go to a more uh, distant region where the human race had never lived. So that there, perhaps, they might keep their statues, which they had not kept in their own country. They went by the narrow passage of the Euphrates River. For the Most High then did wonders for them, for he held back 
the sources of the river until they had passed over. It was a long journey of a year and a half to the to that country, and that country is called Arzareth. Arzareth, okay. Second Esdras thirteen forty through forty seven, okay. Of course, that's condensed. Arzareth in the Danish translation, he says here. In the Hebrew, Arzareth with a Z means another land. Sarif is also tributary to the Danube River in Romania. How about that? Okay. Yeah. All right. The Sarif River is uh, dumps into the Danube. Okay. So, I mean, this totally confirms our migratory uh, work of last last week, where we showed how the uh, Caucasian people devolved from the Israelites from their migrations from the Caucasus, from the Black Sea, from the Sea of Azov, up the River Don, up the, uh, the River Dan, the Dnieper, uh, what was it? Yeah, Dnieper, I think, which went to Kiev. So from Kiev, they went to the Baltic. From Moscow, they went to the Baltic and places like that. Uh, it was not that difficult a trip for strong Viking men, <laughs> right? Not that difficult a trip, okay? So, but here... I, I need to include, I see we have about 20 minutes left. I need to invoke Isaiah chapter 11 here uh, because Isaiah chapter 11 predicts this as well. Okay. And I'll, I'll start, I'll start on verse 14, Isaiah eleven fourteen. But they, meaning the Israelites, and uh, actually referring to Ephraim. This is a reference to Ephraim, and the ten northern tribes are all uh, often referred to by the name of Ephraim, because Ephraim was their leading tribe, the biggest tribe, okay, received a double portion directly from Jacob. Verse 14, But they, the Ephraimites, or the house of Israel under Ephraim, shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west. Okay, is this the Phoenicians? Taking ships, going west, very likely. Uh, uh, also, probably a reference to the Kumru, um, the Cimmerians, flying to the west on the ships of the Phoenicians, or the Philistines. They shall spoil them of the east together. They shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab, and the children of Ammon shall obey them. In other words, we will have these nations under tribute. Verse 15. And Yahweh shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea. And with his mighty wind he shall shake his hand over the river, and shall smite it in, in the seven streams, and make men go over dry shod. Okay? Josephus told us that Yahweh dried up the river so that the Israelites could cross. Verse 16. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. In other words, verse 16 is telling us there will be another exodus, this time of the house of Israel across the Caucasus Mountains. That's what Isaiah 11:16 is telling us. Back to you. Yeah, and it said, which shall be left from Assyria, is described to the ten tribes, ten That's, northern tribes also. Exactly. This can not be understood any other way. So both Josephus 
Second Esdras and Isaiah eleven sixteen. All three of them are telling us that the Israelites migrated north and became known as you know the Caucasian people. Yes. Okay. There we have it. There you have it. All right, brother. Back there to you. Is. Yes. So now we have the beginning of the exile. Um, so, the names of some of the tribes of Israel, such as Asher and Dan, are easy to recognize in our search of the lost ten tribes. But Israel would lose its name Israel, as Israel meant a prince ruling with God. Um, as the ten tribes of Israel were rejected, no longer the people of God, God, they did not rule with God any longer. And their name Israel was taken away from them. Wow. Just as the rest of the peoples of the world, they worship other gods. All right. Uh, do you want to comment on it? Well, that's absolutely correct. I mean, uh, his basic understanding of these migrations and uh, how Israel became known as the uh, European nations, he's right on the money with that. Okay. But he, he fails when he includes the Jews as Judah. As Judah. All right. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. He's talking about, you know, Gamri and Kumru. Whether he would equate the Kumru with uh, the Welsh, I'm not sure. P- please continue reading. Yes. Uh, in the eyes of the rest of the world, the ten lost tribes would therefore seem like heathens and Gentiles. No, we can say heathens, not Gentiles. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, but God had not forgotten these lost Israelitish heathens. They were the same people of flesh and blood who were the apple of God's eye at Mount Sinai and in Canaan. The other names that the Lost Ten Tribes were now called by, the history books can tell us of. Yeah, yeah. So there were two, out of the twelve sons, two were good and ten were naughty, right? And uh, they were shipped out. (laughs) He shipped us out, our ancestors out. And being of Germanic origin, uh, I know that the uh, although the, the Ger- Germans were of Pharaoh's Judah, not Zerah Judah. Nevertheless, we uh, Pharaohs picked up a lot of heathen worship while in uh, Medea and and in Assyria and in uh, Iran. Okay, because uh, we we lived in all that territory. Okay, back to you. Yeah, I guess that's why the pork is so popular in Germany. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately. Yeah. Right. And, the, the, here, and, 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 the, and the Christmas tree. Oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Tannenbaum. Uh, Book of Jeremiah says we're not to decorate pine trees with tinsel, <laughs> right? <laughs> not to worship, because that was also part of pagan worship. Yeah, it was, and we're still doing it. That's right. Yeah. Okay, let's see what you have to say now. Um, It was the Assyrians who had led the ten tribes into captivity. Um, God's Bible lexicon can tell us that the Assyrians called the ten tribes for Bit Humriya, meaning the house of Umri. Um, King Umri was one of the ungodly kings of the ten tribes spoken of in 1 Kings chapter 16. Other pronunciations were uh, Gumri and Kumri. And um, this, Eli, is your understanding as well? Yes, absolutely. They're, yeah. they're known to historians as the Kimerioi, or Kimerians, 
Well, but the historians don't know that that name derives from King Omri. They just don't know that. Yeah, but here is the connection. Yes, here it is. Yes. Okay, one of the greatest... Uh, archaeological discoveries during the last 200 years was the discovery of the um, Bestun rock um, close to modern-day Tehran in Iran when the inscriptions uh, of the Persian king Darius in the different language were um, the, uh, deciphered. De- deciphered. deciphered. Yep. It turned out that the ten tribes were called Qumri or uh, Gimri and Saka. Okay. Saka. Why Saka? For me, that sounds like, isn't that some Japanese something? <laughs> right, yeah. Saki. <laughs> right? Yeah. Japanese wine. Yeah. yeah, these people were named after Japanese wine. Of course, it, Isaac. Yeah, Hello? exactly. Isaac. I'm a bit slow. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Yes. That was an obvious one. Yes, right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the vast majority of uh, historians don't know that. Uh, they, they're they still t- arguing amongst themselves, what's the derivation of the word Saka? You know, I mean, it's obvious. It comes from Isaac. Because uh, the tendency, especially if a word begins with a vowel, uh, we tend to drop the vowel and, uh, you know, just pronounce it from the first consonant. So Isaac, or Ishak, becomes Shak. Or Shaka, okay? So th- that's the derivation, uh, why we drop the I. And it's very common, like uh, Elizabeth. When we uh, give a nickname, it's Liz. Not Eliz, it's Liz, okay? So it's very common for us to do that kind of thing, linguistically. Yeah, and isn't that also typical of our people, that how we how we do, we give also what to say. We have other names. We have what do you call it? Um, yeah. Not sure. Smeknam. I forgot right. the English word for it. But we have right. we give uh, with nicknames. Say, as I said, uh, yeah. Uh, like this. Uh, we have other names for the whole name. Right. Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, it's, it's not always the case that the first syllable is begun by a vowel. For example, Giuseppe. In, in European languages, it's of course the same as Joseph. In European languages, they shorten it to Seppi. Okay. Hey, Seppi, how are you doing today? They, they, they drop the first syllable. and Or, for example, even under the word Elizabeth, they, it'll be Beth. So there's two nicknames for Elizabeth, both dropping the, the E, the first, the first syllable. Back to you. Yeah, thank you. There were yeah. those nicknames. We're good to put nicknames, and we could put nicknames on. That's also was very common here up up in the north. That that the um, the, the Vikings they had different nicknames mm-hmm. how they were regarded. So as I said, it could be a Red Bear, or it could be yeah, all those different names. Right, right. And uh, if it's a catchy nickname, uh, they it sticks, and their real name is forgotten, <laughs> like Odin, right? <laughs> So, now he's a Viking. How did Odin become a Viking? Well, he's the originator of the Viking people, right? But uh, his oh, yeah. or, his origin as a son of Judah is utterly forgotten. Yes, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Okay, should we continue then? Yes. So, in 1988, the Assyrologist uh, Assyro um, Dr. Anne Katrin Gade Christensen uh, published her doctoral um, dissertation saying that the 
Cameriens were in fact identical with Israelites deported from northern Israel. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That deserves applause. Well done, Dr. Anne Katrina Gade Christensen. Thank you. Yes, um, and that was after the fall of Samaria in 72 um, BC. And Dr. Christensen's dissertation was translated into English by Dr. Jorgen Lasse, one of Denmark's uh, foremost uh, capacities within Middle Eastern archaeology, uh, and was published by the Royal Danish Academias of Science and Letters. Have you read that? No, I haven't. I've never heard of it. So, no comment. <laughs> okay. <Right? laughs> okay, we have about eight minutes left. I think we can finish this section. Yes, so the Camerians were the same people as the later Celtic um, Kimbrians in northern Jutland. Uh, Himmerland in northern Jutland means the land of the um, Kimbrians. Well, Peter well Friedrich yes. Schum tells us that. Okay, and since the Nordic, Nordic um, Kimbrians have, as I later will show, been one of the same people as the Camerians, as pertaining to origin and name, and descending from them, then it is very safe to assume that a part of them, after their first expul expulsion by the Skitians, have trekked up the north, and then taken the Camerian and Kimbrian uh, name with them into the north. Okay. This Very good. Now, earlier I said that the second wave was the Camerian wave, primarily by sea across the Mediterranean, then up the, uh, the Ang uh, around Spain and up the English Channel, either to Britain or to Ireland. Okay. So, uh, and eventually many of them became called Scots, right? These are the Cimmerians of the second wave. So what he's saying is here that there's a, a, a land migration of Cimmerians as well and where they finally settled in Cimbria, or as he identifies it with Jutland. Yeah, northern Jutland. Okay. The Jutland Peninsula obviously being named after Judah. Yeah, and okay. was, then the Sendic Cimmerians, they were then regarded as the as distance from the ten ten lost tribes, right? Yeah. So yeah, but you have different. You have both the Camerian and the Kimbrian. What is the difference there? I think it's just a, a variation of the name. Again, it's a shortening of Camerian to Cimbrian. Okay. Uh, he calls them Celts, which is correct because if they're descended from the Camerians, who are the uh, Celtic wave, okay that went directly by sea to Britain and then migrated from Britain to the mainland, those are the Celts, okay? The Anglo-Saxons migrated exclusively by land, overland from the Caucasus, okay? Mm -hmm. That's the difference between the two waves. Back to you. Yeah. Okay, so here we have the last tear for this uh, pay, um, part here. That is said, some of the Celts later wandered back into Asia Minor. In 279 BC, the Gauls, the French, Celts reached an, uh, an area of Asia Minor, which, which they called um, Galatia, as 
Johannes Brönderstedt writes in Politikens Danmark historia. It were onto these Celts, Gauls and Galatians that the Apostle Paul wrote in his epistle to the Galatians in the New Testament. So the Galatians were not Gentiles. They were Israelites. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. They were Israelites. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Again, because the modern churches lack any reference to historical Israel. They, they simply are not interested in historical Israel. They're only interested in doctrine. They will never understand the Bible and who they are. So here you see all of these Christian Israelites being utterly blinded. And Paul says Israel is blinded in part. But he would, that was a statement made 2,000 years ago. They're even more blind today than they were then. Right? So uh, everything you can say about Paul is his prophetic statements are right on the money. You know, he predicted the falling away of the, the Israelite people from the true faith in the latter days, just before the second coming, in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And guess what? They're, they are the Laodicean, uh, lukewarm and cold Israelites of the world today. Yes, that, they are. Yes, that, that's who they are. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you want us to finish off this one, the Skitchians in yeah. Skitchia or Sweet York? Yeah, yeah, let me go into it because I think the, uh, it's interesting, I think we talked about this word Svitjod, uh, and you mentioned that it's identical with Scythian, and I had never made that connection before. But I just, on uh, Lawrence Avenue in Chicago the other day, was driving west, it's an east-west street, and lo and behold, there's the Svitjod Heating Company, <laughs> right? So I, I just assumed Svitjod was the original word for Swedish. But he says it derives from the word what we pronounce as Scythian or Scythian. So what's your, your opinion on that? Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's, the, yeah, it's the, um, the land here where I live, Sweden, is then that is that that was sweet 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 yod was regarded as and that is the same when you go to Iceland and listen what does the Icelandic call Sweden they call it sweet yod sweet yod okay so that means yeah. Scythian and the Scythians were the easternmost Israelites on the east side of the Sea of Azov mm-hmm. yes. okay all right so that's the difference you know so we've identified the Cimmerians as those Israelites who migrated west uh, you know, in, in, in a couple of ways, but the major wave was the uh, wave by the Mediterranean Sea landing in Britain, in, in, primarily in uh, Wales. Uh, but they also jumped the English Channel and settled there in what we just found out being the Cimbrians, the Cimmerians, the Cimmerian wave and the Cimbrians, the Celtic Cimmerian, a part of that wave. Okay, that's something I never knew before. So I'm really glad that these, you know, European Israelites are doing histories of our people, which uh, have, uh, you know, been primarily published in English by Americans and Britons. So I'm I'm, I'm thrilled that uh, Swedes and Danes and Germans and others are publishing. So because they all they have to do is look at their own history and find out who they are. Right. Yes. 
and not believe in this uh, Stone Age, Bronze right. Age, blah, blah, blah. Right. Migration is the importance here. Yes, the Stone Age, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and all of that is it's hypothetical, too. I mean, there was, you could say there literally was a Stone Age when there, there were no metal uh, implements found. We talked about this last time, too, and uh, on the west coast of Sweden, uh, they uncovered you know, settlements that had no metal tools. It was all stone tools, okay? Uh, but that does not define an era. What, what really defines that era is uh, that they were hunter-gatherers, ultimately becoming farmers. You know, from Paleolithic to Neolithic, that's the more important distinction because you will find, obviously, stone, uh, stone artifacts and metal artifacts in most of the sites all clumped together, okay? So, uh, so to, you have not a sharp distinction between the Stone Age and any Metal Age. Okay, all right. So yeah, so let's pick up the story of the Svitjod next week. Uh, yeah. Well, I, okay. That's a good point. We have only one minute left, so we we yeah. start up with this one next time uh, with uh, with that history. And um, very very glad that we bring this. And this I, I have maybe not yeah. considered, but the Gauls, the Celts, are the Galatians. Right. I did. I maybe not really <laughs> saw that, but that's interesting. That the Galatians yeah. are the Celts. Yeah, and there's even a town in Palestine called Scythia. There's a town called Scythia, which shows that the easternmost Scythian Israelites, uh, some of them migrated back to Palestine, and named the town after Scythia. Okay. Same thing for the Galatians. They named the town after Gaul. All right. So, thanks for listening, folks. We've come to the end of our show, and we'll see you next Sunday. Stay tuned for Voice of Christian Israel with Pastor Martins later today. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. See you all next time. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Blessings. Goodbye for now. Bye-bye.